before the goodness starts flowing, I want to welcome you to the STR Sisterhood, real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, ex-corporate girl who discovered how to replace her six-figure salary through short-term rentals and who now has the pleasure of helping others do the same. On this show, we talk to real women in the short-term rental space about their journeys and how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. This is Stacey St. John, and as always, I just want to start off and let you know how grateful I am and tell you thank you for letting me be a part of your day today. Now, before we dive into today's episode, of course, I want to share a quote I recently saw that resonated with me. And this quote says, don't make excuses, make improvements. I love those words, and that great advice comes to us from TV host and entrepreneur, Tyra Banks. Now, in this episode, I sit down with Vanessa de Souzelage, and oh my goodness, we have an amazing conversation around the topic of sustainability. I know that my eyes were opened up quite a bit just from having this discussion, and I know that you are going to learn a lot in this episode as well. We chatted up about why Vanessa believes having a sustainable sustainable property will benefit you as a host now, as well as in the future, and how you can make your property sustainable and profitable at the very same time. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into my conversation with Vanessa. So today we are joined by Vanessa DeSouselage. Vanessa, I am so excited to have this discussion. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks so much, Stacey, for having me. (laughs) So let's start off by having you walk our audience through a little bit about who you are and where you're located in the world. Okay, so I'm... Located right now in Ibiza. I live between Barcelona and Ibiza. I'm French by nationality, but my father was Brazilian, hence the Suzelage, and my mother is German. So I'm not really French by only by nationality, let's say. I've been uh, in the vacation rental industry for close to 20 years, which doesn't make me any younger. <laughs> and <laughs> when you were three, I'm sure. so i got started around 20 years ago as uh, so i've been an entrepreneur uh, for the last 20 years and initially i started a vacation rental agency similar to airbnb uh, prior to airbnb and we had at one point around 8,000 online bookable vacation rental throughout the world Uh, so we were a medium-sized agency and that worked really well for about six to seven years. And then Airbnb came 
<laughs> was their millions. Booking.com got into our market and it was very, very hard to make that marketing dollar work and to get you know, our website in front of guests, basically. So switched on that to becoming a distribution platform, uh, which is called Rental United, still active today. I uh, was the co-founder of that and chief marketing narrator for about seven years. And the distribution platform, what it does is a channel manager, basically, for those that know what that is, is uh, automating you know, your bookings on all the platforms that you want to be visible on, which was quite, I mean, at the time it was innovative, because it didn't exist. People used to do it with, you know, manually. Employ uh, lots and lots of people to do it manually. So, uh, so we took on that challenge, and uh, yeah, I think we were, pretty well known uh, in the industry um, for doing this. And from there, <laughs> about two years ago now, I decided on my next venture, which is Systemica, and spent a year and a half researching it. And I'm now a mission-driven entrepreneur as opposed to money-driven entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cool. So I'm excited to to talk with you about uh, Systemica and the topic of sustainability. But first, I want to ask you, it sounds as though, you know, you absolutely have that entrepreneurial spirit. And I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, so many women that enter into the world of short-term rentals, you know, enter in from different sides of the business. Some are looking to potentially convert long-term rentals over to short-term rentals, or some may be just getting started in real estate investing and hosting. Some are looking to offer co-hosting services. But mm -hmm. a lot of women, I believe, don't have the mindset of an entrepreneur. It's very difficult for them to, and I, I'm saying this just based on the women I've come into contact. It's it's almost as if they don't understand the power that they have as yes. leaders like of that. their businesses. So I'm just curious from your perspective, what inspired you to become an entrepreneur and have you always had that fire in your belly? Have you always believed in yourself or did you navigate a journey through that self-discovery? I had one job, well actually two, before becoming an entrepreneur. And the last one was working for a very famous car company. And, uh, and I saw the corporate world is uh, not something that was for me. So I decided to take risk because there are risks involved to you know quitting your job and uh, starting something new but in the back of my mind i always had this idea well if it doesn't work out i can always go back and find a job right so it wasn't like a death sentence <laughs> never it did always this optimism of well i'm gonna give it a good try and in case it doesn't work out there are options and this has been with me throughout my life, actually, as an entrepreneur. If it doesn't work out, uh, there, will be, there will be opportunities. You know, luckily, I have been able to live from, uh, from my small successes. And I've been able to give people jobs, which was part of why I'm quite proud of myself. 
when you give 100 people a job, you, you, know, you feel good about it. So there are many, many benefits to, to you know, being an entrepreneur. Obviously, you're kind of tied to your business. There's you no know, holidays without checking the internet, without checking your emails. There are, you know, there are moments of panic. Uh, there are many, many doubts. Uh, it's not like you stop at Friday night and off you go for your weekend and don't think about it. No, you're constantly thinking about it. So there are pros and cons, but I know that it would be today at least very, very hard for me to work for, for someone <laughs> after all these years of, you know, <laughs> uh, sure. not having a bot. Uh, so it's also kind of, you know, I guess it's a, it's a, it's a trait. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Okay. Let's talk about Sasonica. What is it that you offer with your business? And I want to talk about sustainability specifically from different perspectives, but first let's kind of set the stage, if you will talk to us a little bit about what Sasonica does and the mission that you're on. Thank you. So Sasonica is the first sustainability validation for short-term rentals, dedicated to short-term rentals. Around 200 certifications for hotels out there. So we decided to, to tackle that and decide on a standard, a global standard, of what makes a vacation rental sustainable. And it's been an amazing journey so far. Uh, we, uh, our big mission, really, is to, to reduce the impact of the 10 million vacation rentals that there are throughout the world. With it, and this is where it becomes much bigger, is to influence all the guests that go through our homes for them when they go back to make changes to their own uh, lifestyle and their own homes. And this is where it then you know, becomes quite major because uh, we're looking at a reduction of the impact that we have. That's, that's the mission. The overall mission. I love it. I love it. So yeah. let's, let's talk about our guests. From your perspective, why is having a sustainable short-term rental property important for guests these days? Yeah. Consumers have changed and are changing and rapidly, especially this year. Sustainability is a big topic, and consumers in general are making more sustainable choices or want to make more sustainable choices. So it's not about offering eco-friendly vacations uh, and touching just a niche. It's, uh, it's really a global phenomenon uh, that we want to be more respectful of the environment, of the community. So, so the traveler, and I'm just going to take story of my own story as an example a story i recently uh, rented a, an airbnb or vacation rental on on a on not on, not directly through the property manager actually in tel aviv and it was wonderful the experience was great booking it it was really last minute within two hours i was checking in the agent was extremely nice and i thought wow our our industry has grown up so much we're so professional and, uh, you know, there was self-check-in, self uh, I went in, and it's wonderful apartment, beautiful towers, big smile, you know, this is great. And, uh, and then I hear a strange noise, and it's the fridge. The fridge is, 
basically, <laughs> uh, probably 20 years old, uh, is constantly on. So you could see that, you know, it needed a lot of power to be powered. I wanted to throw something in a bin. There was only one uh, trash bin. I went to the bathroom and there was all these small sort of bottles, you know, the plastic shampoo bottles that uh, are single use, basically. Uh, there was a dryer, but no drying rack, so forced to use the dryer for my clothes, etc., etc. So from the five-star review that I was going to give, because, well, you know, such a professional property management company, it went to one-star review, because how, you know, these are basic things that I do at home. How come the rental doesn't reflect that? And yeah, so this is the, you know, really what we're looking at is the guest. Uh, it, it, we're expecting certain things now when we enter an apartment or a villa. And this is what we want to bring the attention to the owners to is, you know, there are very, very few things that you can do. They, they do not cost more, at times they cost less. Uh, you, uh, that will delight your guests and encourage positive reviews. Yeah. And from your experience, are guests willing to pay a premium to have a short-term rental that has a sustainability focus? We don't have uh, stats uh, such from the larger OTAs yet. But the latest Expedia survey, 50% of respondents said that they will be willing to pay more. I don't think this is where we should look at it. I think it's between a similar apartment that has a sustainability certification and one that hasn't, one that says it's sustainable and one that isn't, you're probably going to go for the one that is. And, and this is where the difference is. There is a slight occupancy rate, uh, which occupancy rate is higher with accommodation that have certification. But the big stats we don't have yet. We don't have click-to-book rate and all these juicy uh, statistics that we would love to have. The big OTA that really has involved themselves very much into doing to the guest up front, the travel sustainable properties, is Booking.com. Expedia is like a year behind. Airbnb hasn't started yet. So we're still, still really early days with you know, the mass marketing of uh, what is a sustainable property. Mm -hmm. However, uh, everything points to the fact that uh, I personally, I think what we're looking at in the near future is that we will have more and more regulations uh, around mm -hmm. how we deal with waste and how we consume, etc. So this will come. And in my point of view, what will also happen is that the OTAs will show you the CO2 uh, emissions of one villa compared to the other and then it would hmm. be your choice to go for uh, do you want the one that on average consumes more or the one that on average consumes less so this is where i think the market is going there may be even licenses so booking.com not accepting uh, apartments villas that do not have a certain sustainability license of some sort this is all happening and it's definitely around the corner because as you know, we have a climate emergency going on. And so everybody, all the countries are involved in, and, and local local communities as well are involving themselves in making the cities more sustainable, more environmentally friendly. So very much on the cards. 
look at this. And obviously the early adopters are usually the winners, aren't they? Yeah, so cool. Now, I also want to talk with you about your mission for helping to influence guests when they stay at a property that is certified by Sistanica. What types of activities are you and your properties utilizing to help guests transform their own life when they go back home? You know, our standard is based around reducing the consumption by default. Uh, So the owner takes all the steps. We don't say that the traveler should, you know, reduce his comfort, uh, should not use the pool, uh, should, uh, you know, turn off the fridge. (laughs) We we very much expect the owner to just minimize as much as possible the impact that this guest can have. We don't even ask them to push off the lights. Why? Because we encourage people to put a sensor that uh, would turn off the light, the heating, the aircon as the guests leave. So, so this is really important because uh, there are many, very many studies that show tourists it's the, it's the last moment that you can talk to them about being uh, uh, sustainable is when they're on holiday. People do not want to be forced to do anything when they're on holiday. They come there to not think. <laughs> so right. we can't ask them to do anything. However, one thing that we would like them to do and we encourage them to do, and we need to do it with very clever communication, is, uh, is recycling. Right? If there's an opportunity to recycle, and I get this every day, others tell me, you know, uh, I do have the four recycling bins, but my guests only use one. So what can I do? And so there are clever ways to do this. And one of one of the messages, in fact, we created some uh, bin stickers, trash stickers uh, for, for trash cans that is directed to children. So if the children uh, are are in, <laughs> then usually the parents are in. So the stickers are, you know, funny, this language for children and explain what each does. And that is proven to work. So any communication, if you want to do guests to, uh, you know, recycle, do whatever else you want them to do, use communication to children because they teach the parents, basically. Then on the return home, this is where we use uh, another profoundly impactful piece of communication and that is the what we call the sustainability chart so the sustainability chart would be a poster in your vacation rental that shows all the things that you have done in order to reduce the consumption of this home and this is where the guests oh i didn't know you can have this i don't know what you can save uh, 30 liters of water per shower uh, if you install a device that costs four dollars I didn't know you can do this. So, et cetera, et cetera. But yes, that's, that's where you know, the guests, we have to be careful. It's not about involving them. It's about influencing them in very subtle ways to do changes when they go home. Amazing. Amazing. That is so cool. And I love your approach to speaking to the children because yes. you, you are correct. I mean, as a parent, and my, my kiddos are older now, but... yeah. If my kiddos were excited about something or intrigued by something, as a mom, I was absolutely digging into that topic. So (laughs) I love that. Exactly. That's brilliant. Yes. Now, you also mentioned from your vantage point that you think or believe that regulations could be put into place in the future 
tied to sustainability. I'm curious, do you see any countries around the world that seem to be on the leading edge of this or mm-hmm. what what brings that topic of regulation prominent in your mind? So in Europe, we're very much tackling the subject, especially of greenwashing. So there is now a new EU law that uh, will come into effect in the next two years, and that's passed, will come into effect in all the countries of the European Union, and basically bans um, talk of uh, being green, <laughs> being sustainable when you're not. All the certification only of the 200 that I mentioned earlier uh, will probably go bust because they don't do things correctly and seriously. So there's uh, a lot of talk even on an EU level. And then on a local level, uh, we have for a long time started seeing laws come up regarding to especially waste. Waste and that applies to hotels and as an extension to vacation rentals. We see that having a good property management business is really important when politicians make laws around uh, short-term rentals, right? So you want to be one of those property managers that do everything correctly and well, that attracts very good guests, that spend money in the community, that are respectful of the neighbours. And you also now can say that you know, your, your apartments or your villas are on top of it, very much respectful of the environment. And do encourage, um, because part of our standard is also looking at the community, and encouraging our guests to go and shop local produce, to hang local art, to visit heritage sites so that they may thrive in the future, to go off the beaten path, etc. Really, the, the town and the local regulators, they look at it as a whole, right? And the more things you can put in your basket that says, what, well, look, we're doing it correctly. We're one of those property managers that do everything well. The more likely you know, regulations will, will be less tough on you. So, you know, we have a problems with regulation. Everywhere in the world there are problems with regulation for short-term measures. And uh, if it hasn't come to your area, you know, watch out. And so it's good to give money to your local association and it's good to do a, a good business if you want it to be a long-term business in, in all its aspects. To absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely. That's, that's eye-opening. It's interesting because so many folks are looking at regulations for potentially banning short-term rentals but to your point you know the regulations around you know energy consumption or you know waste i think is is eye-opening because a lot of a lot of folks may not be looking at at things from that perspective so thank you for sharing that I want to dive into actually creating a sustainable property. So if someone is listening to us and thinking, wow, this sounds really cool. And I would love to have my home or my condo or my apartment be sustainable Mm -hmm. and, you know, friendly to our environment. What are some of your favorite tactics for creating a sustainable property? Right, so we have uh, three standards today, one for condos, apartments, and townhouses, Mm -hmm. one for country homes without pool, 
and one for country homes with pool. Every day I get asked about you know, tree houses and B&Bs and hotels, etc. We don't cover those. We just cover short-term rentals, either in a city or outside a city with pool or without pool. So depending on the type of property you have, there will be different things that you can do. If you have a garden, if you have a pool, etc. I can give you some low-hanging fruit, if you like. Things that are very easy for owners to do. So for example, switching your toilet paper and your paper towels to recycled paper. Right? Uh, it's not hard, it's not more expensive, it's just a change of procurement, right? And then leaving shampoo and shower gel is free of microplastics. This is, this is a really big one because we're, you know, the cosmetic industry is filling um, the stuff that we use every day with microplastics and this is really hurting our waterways. If we were to stop that, if we were to stop using some of the microplastics in our cosmetics, uh, we would probably save our oceans. So small gestures that everyone can do, uh, leave shower gel and shampoo like free of microplastics. How do you know this? You download an app called TMBT and uh, you scan the product in the supermarket. It tells you immediately if it has or it doesn't. So <laughs> the app is called TMB as in boy, T as in Tom? Hang on, I'll just confirm that. Sorry, BTMB. Oh, BTMB. To scan ingredients, yeah. I'll be darned because that was my next question. Wow, I would not even know. And what if someone is sourcing shampoo and and shower gels online? Is there a way for them to find out the information if they're not scanning in the store? Yeah, they need to give you by law, you know, the ingredients. So you can scan the ingredients with the app. Mm-mm. I'll be darned. I love that. You'd be amazed. I'm here in Spain. I took five supermarkets when I first understood what microplastics were. Five supermarkets to find the first shampoo without. <laughs> uh, but then in Germany, you know, you can't find a shampoo with. So, huh. you know, very much depending on where you are uh, and uh, how powerful the cosmetic industry is in your country or state. Interesting. Okay, so... Recycled toilet paper and paper towels. And that's, I would imagine, for most folks, fairly easy to find. Shampoo and shower gels that are free of microplastics. And I'm going to assume that this would apply to both condos as well as country homes with and without a pool. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. This applies to what else? Obviously, we don't want to see this shampoo and shower gel in single-use plastic bottles, right? This is a complete no-no uh, today. So watch out for that because it's a really terrible and a bad review for that uh, if, if you haven't yet. <laughs> so you want it to be in refillable dispensers in the shower. Then you want to leave a, a trolley, a basket, you know, to go shopping. Uh, you don't want people to go back with lots of plastic bags from the supermarket. You want to attach a flow restrictor to your shower. And if you know about flow restrictors, it's a very small device that can be attached to any shower that basically restricts the flow uh, of the of the shower. It doesn't um, do anything to the pressure; it just restricts the flow. And uh, you can save around thirty liters of water per shower with that. Restrictor, sorry to interrupt you, can be no, sourced from your experience at local hardware stores or places yes. like Home Depot or Lowe's, things like that. I hate to say Amazon, but yeah, on Amazon as well. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yes. <laughs> and is that flow restrictor something that a plumber would need to install or could someone like you or me? No, 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 no. Someone with my new skills <laughs> in, <Okay>. uh, <laughs> in handy. I'm not handy at all. No, it's just, it's literally a valve, you know, so you just put this, that's it. That's the valve, you screw it in. You know, okay. It's on every shower. Okay. Yeah. And it costs about $8, so it's not exactly. And what else can I do? Okay, so the most powerful, powerful, powerful thing you can do, and that is changing your electricity to 100% renewable energy electricity. How to do that? It depends on the state uh, that you're in or the county that you're in in the states. You call up your energy provider and uh, you require that they give you 100% renewable energy. This is the highest thing you can do on our standard. It gives you the most amount of, of percentages. Why? Because, you know, it's our dependency on fossil fuels that is the, 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 the issue, why we're where we're at. Right? So this is what we need to absolutely reduce. So if all the homes of all the world would, you know, do this change, we would, we would be doing good. We would be reducing 20%. So Households account for 20% of the CO2 emissions. Our livestock account for 20% of the CO2 emissions. This is the idea if we could reduce that amount. And one of the most powerful things is switching to renewable energy. Now, it really much depends on where you are in the world of how easy that is. But it's worth, definitely worth looking into. There are now many companies that offer, they're called in the US, they're called... I give you one, they're called Renewable Energy Certificates. And what they do is that they buy the same amount that you use in non-renewable in renewable. That's also something you can do. That costs about $120, I think, last I heard, a year. And then you can say you kind of, you know, your electricity at least is CO2 free. Interesting. And so if I call up my local energy company assuming that it's available for me to switch to yeah. renewable is mm-hmm. there a cost differential in my electric bill typically it, it really depends so here in spain it isn't it isn't in france it's a small surplus and in the states it really depends where you are so it's a matter of calling up and doing the right thing because it is a phone call at the end of the day and finding out information and seeing what they say. And if they say it's not possible, which I think in the future in the US as well, it will be by law uh, that they have to say it's possible. But for now, if they say it's not possible, then going for a certificate of origin, which are external companies that say too. Interesting. Okay, so it sounds like there are some very easy things to implement to become mm-hmm. a sustainable property. And I'm fairly confident that there are some broader, deeper ways that we can really make an impact with the environment, with the short term rentals that we're offering. If anyone is listening and intrigued by the topic and thinking, gosh, my little property doesn't really matter. We don't really have that much of an impact. So I'm going to not pay attention to this topic. What are your your words of advice to them on why it's important for each and every person to have 
a focus on sustainability? Mm-hmm. So apart from the, the moral obligations and to our children and to future the planet, yes. The marketing aspect, which we already talked about, there is reduced in costs. So if you go from an energy and non-energy star fridge to energy star fridge, uh, there is a sizable uh, reduction in, in cost, electricity cost. Uh, same with water, if you put the, you know, the flow restrictor and you have a dual flush toilet, that reduces. If you uh, put in some tech, like I mentioned earlier, sensors, they're called smart occupancy sensors, that turn off the heating, aircon when the guests are not there. There's a lot of reduction there in terms of cost. People tend to leave their aircon on, right? Yeah, so there's, 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 there's cost and then there's more bookings. And then there's doing the right thing. <laughs> it's, it's a winning combination, <laughs> I would say. Win, win, win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. But the lucky thing is that up until now, I haven't really had to. I mean, all the, all the arguments are there to convince people, but I really haven't had to convince uh, very many people yet. There are enough people who actually want to do it for the, for the right reasons. So great. So great. Vanessa, I want to move to the lightning round, okay? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I'm going to ask you to simply answer with the very first thing that comes to mind. First question is, where is your favorite place to vacation? Ibiza. Where is that? I've not heard of that. Oh, oh, it's this wonderful island just off uh, the coast of Spain. Clearly. I'm living under a rock and I need to get over to Spain. <laughs> and you'll be my guest when you come. And I'll show I you around. Love that. You're, you're I would guest. love it. And yes. so is it uh what is it about the island that's especially magical for you? So it's a very international island. Uh we have uh, a very big music industry. There is it's not overbuilt at all. It's very much uh, nature, beautiful sea, gorgeous sea, clear sea, wonderful restaurants. Food is oh, incredible. Uh, lots of fish. And, uh, you, live, you live in nature. Yeah, you feel like you live in nature, but you also have this international community. It makes it quirky. It's nice. Really nice. Really nice. Recommended highly. So fun. <laughs> All right. I need to plan my trip. All right. What's one place you've never been? that you want to visit? I would like to say Boston. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Talk to me about uh, why Boston is top on your list. <laughs> uh, I have this image of Boston. Of you know, When I was a student, I kind of dreamt of being a university student in, in Boston. And my life never took me there. So I would like to see what it's like, really. <laughs> I had this wonderful image of campuses and lots of young people studying and interesting people from all over the world and liberal, etc. So, yeah, that would be, that's still on my bucket list. <laughs> I will say that is probably one of the most interesting interesting answers I've heard. <laughs> Not that Boston isn't great. I was just there a few weeks ago. Love Boston. Oh, uh, I oh, was. Do. Yeah, yeah. So I'll ask you some tips when I come over. Yeah. There you go. I'll come to the island and 
and yeah. enjoy the music and the food and and I'll take you around <laughs> Boston. <laughs> okay, now what's one thing that you know now that you wished mm -hmm. you knew when you were starting out in business? There are very many things I can answer to that. Maybe the first one would be to have a really sound business plan. I think you launch yourself in it and you're like, yeah, it's going to be great. But you do need to analyze the situation extremely well and have a plan kind of be so it doesn't go to, you know, the budget that you set it to do the, the bad budget, the budget that mm -hmm. doesn't look so good. And that's really helped me actually, I've learned this some, some time ago, this really helped me during the pandemic, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, everything went wow. So we had plan A, plan B, plan C, and this allows you kind of to navigate, you know, best case scenario, worst case scenario. So a good business plan, oof, super important, super important. Love that, love that. Okay, next question. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Don't give up. <laughs> Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Because you just tend to, you think, oh, God, this is going to work out. You have your doubts, you know, especially with a business, you think, oh, don't give up. Great advice. All right, last question. What's one thing and or person that you're grateful for today? I'm grateful for my children. Uh, can I put them in my pack? <laughs> Very much so. And my dog. <laughs> Absolutely. And, How old are your kiddos? They're 16 and 17. They're teenagers, but they're wonderful. They're two boys. Yeah. Two boys. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. You have you have boys or girls? I do. I have two boys, uh, 24 and 20. I'm obviously very grateful for them as well. They're really special kiddos, and it's really rewarding for me as a mom, and I'm sure for you as a mom too, to watch them flourish and find their own passions and yes. see them become responsible young men. So I'm quite proud actually because being an entrepreneur, well, they, you know, they both want to study business. <laughs> and I always do like, mom. <laughs> there you so that, go. That's a good piece of advice actually. Go study a bit of business before you enter it. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much for these questions. They're lovely questions. Thank oh my you. gosh. No, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So let's, have you if if it's all right if someone is is listening and wants to know more about you or getting a certification from Sistonica or possibly just learning more about becoming a more sustainable friendly property what is the best way for folks to reach you online so I'm quite active on LinkedIn, so if you type my name, you'll find me. Uh, my website, our website, sistonica.com, uh, has all the information you need, I hope. Uh, we've made you know, a big web to be very transparent. And I'm extremely happy to answer anyone's questions via email or comments, or, you know, we're a completely open company, and we're very, very, very much welcome any kind of feedback from folks. So it's Vanessa with two S's at systonica.com. Love it. Vanessa, thank you so much for being with us. Cheers, Stacey. Cheers. Thanks for having me. 
Now, before you go, I want to give an amazing shout out to the fabulous women inside the Female Short-Term Rental Investors Facebook group. I have to tell you, ladies, if you are not a member, you are missing out on amazing conversations each and every day. I know I've said amazing a lot, but let me tell you, these women inside this group are freaking amazing. I especially want to give a shout out to Melissa Bublis. Just about four hours ago, she posted a question. Do you leave anything in your fridge or pantry for renters? If so, what? And in the last four hours, we've had 54 women chime in. Jessica Webster shared, I don't leave fridge items. I indulge in coffee and tea items for a good first cup on arrival. For pantry, I leave a few basics like canned vegetables, broth, rice, seasonings, olive oil, and more. It's a fully stocked kitchen, including holiday cookware. We loved entertaining, so my plan was to have guests be able to as well. What great advice, Jessica. Thank you so much for sharing. And with that, I just want to wish you an amazing day, an amazing rest of your week. And I will see you very soon. Hey, sister. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I wanted to let you know about a free resource my team is providing, the STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session. If you're looking to take your STR business to the next level, or heck, even just get it started, this free one-on-one is something you won't want to miss. You'll discover new tools for your STR business and outline an action plan that will help you achieve your goals and reverse engineer your STR success. This session is your chance to get the help you need to succeed. Schedule your free STR Success Blueprint strategy session right now by visiting stacystjohn.com backslash success.